Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. (laughs) I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. Welcome to another edition of Tag the Roll. Uh, we have intro music now, which you are just getting out of. It's really dope. Shout out to Ben Roman. Uh, if you ever need pod intros, go over to him. He's fantastic. Great dude. Do follow him on Twitter. Uh, I'm Mark Schindler. 
I'm joined by my co-host and, and good friend, Jake Rosen. Jake, how are you doing today, man? I'm doing great. Uh, I've enjoyed a lot of basketball today. It was fun to take it all in live last night, but getting to clip everything, take some notes, get some real more in-depth thoughts. Uh, today was awesome. I've had a lot of fun so far. Yeah, dude, I agree. Um, today was one of the more hectic days uh, of the cycle or just season in general, uh, but it's been good. Uh, I've watched a lot of basketball today, same as you. Um, clipping from all over the place, taking a lot of notes. Uh, last night, just watching stuff live was fun. We got a really good barn burner, just like a random game. Like Ohio State and Akron was uh, wildly competitive in a way that it wasn't supposed to be. But, I mean, we'll talk more on, on that later in some ways. Um, but it was just fun to have a back, man. It was a blast. Uh, the first game was kind of like uh, score-wise in terms of like if you're just being a fan. Not awesome, but still a lot to, to glean from it. Second game was fantastic. Um as we'll talk about later, too. I did not get to watch the second half yet, but I still have a lot of thoughts on the first half. Um, Jake, I guess we can get started talking about uh, Michigan State, Kansas. Um, I think we're just going to run through all the prospects and, and give our thoughts. But, um, yeah, man, let's dive in. Who do you want to start off with? Um, I mean, I kind of threw these guys in the outline in no particular order. <laughs> like, so kind of in, like, the, the guys that I had the best thoughts on, um, but still yeah. pretty loose. Um, I think we should definitely start off that this is the lesser of the two games, both from like a college basketball entertainment standpoint and a prospect standpoint. It was sort of the appetizer for the night. And once we get to do Kentucky, which was like, I think you'll very, very much enjoy it. It was a great basketball game. But uh, I think we could start with like Baji, who we both kind of were bigger on. Um, I was pushing him on my preseason board. And I think he was kind of the star of the night. Uh, I don't know if he was as impressive scoring wise as the stats ended up being. I think some transition layups and dunks probably aided that, but uh, I'm a big fan of him and his skill set. Uh, for me, it was more about a jump in mentality. He was much more aggressive than he was last year. Um, last year he was passive. He would not really hunt looks. And that was the major difference. I didn't really see a ton of jump skill wise. Um, I'm looking forward to maybe some playmaking on his end, guarding up on the wings and, he was, a, he was an event creator on defense, which I think will definitely bode well, but it was never at the expense. And this is what I tweeted. It was never at the expense of uh, his staying at home responsibilities. And um, they weren't bad gambles. They weren't outlandish. Uh, it was whenever I have a chance, I'm going to use my inside hand and get in the passing lane and take it the other way for a pick six. Um, so I think Abaji played really well. Um, probably the realest prospect of the two teams. Um, but yeah, if you have anything else to add, feel free. Yeah, um, I'm there with you. I think I would have – I mean, I wanted him to stay in the draft last year. Uh, that's how I yep. feel about every Big 12 wing pretty much. But, uh, <laughs> no, he was he was fantastic last night. And I agree with you. I don't I don't know if I'm ready to go to any, you know, uh, Ochai Abaji lottery, lottery hype. Like, no, I'm not there. I still think, like, I like him as a first-round guy. Um, it's one game. We don't have to have anything crazy off of it. And I agree, too. I think a lot of it was just, A, just capitalizing in transition. The dunks were awesome, like cool stuff to see. Most of the threes, I don't was I think maybe one of them was contested, but most of them were pretty open off of swing swing stuff because uh, Michigan State was in rotation it felt like half the night. But uh, no, I thought he had a hell of a game. And like you mentioned, too, the, the drive game is the only thing that really popped for me. Like he popped in, in his own in his usual ways for me, but more anything that looked different was just, you know, being a lot more willing to go off the drive, like you mentioned. Uh, so I want to see that continue throughout the year. Uh but a, an awesome start from him. And he was – I mean, he made that life an absolute living hell for, for Michigan State in the passing lanes too, coming off the weak side. Yeah. Um, there was one pull-up three in transition that was, like, semi-contested in the second half. 
Um, and that would just kind of goes like, I don't last year. I don't know if Ochai is taking that shot uh, mm-hmm. as the lead ball handler in transition. Maybe you pull it out, slow it down, but he was feeling it and he gunned it. Um, and it was bottoms. Uh, the one thing I did want to talk about is um, as players like Josh Giddy are showing us, there's multiple ways other than being a pure athlete to score inside the paint, inside the arc. And I thought that's what really popped. You hit on it a little bit with, with Agbaji using his length. Um, I think everyone saw the clip of that inside hand finish where he kind of used his length to get it up on the rim quick. Uh, he had another self-created like floater where he didn't create a ton of separation, but he was just able to rise up over the defender. Um, he's still a below the rim guy. And I think that's the case for a bunch of guys we're going to talk about today. But if he's able to use his size and build on that frame, um, which I do think he could maybe, he is pretty muscular now and could definitely add in the future um, and just is comfortable being physical and is comfortable using size to score over smaller guards. And I think that could be an avenue for him to provide some scoring equity other than the shooting. Yeah, no, I'm right there with you, man. There's impressive game, a lot to build off from that. Um, before we talk about any Michigan State guys, I want to flip the coin. Let's talk about Christian Brown, who's somebody who we talked about on our our, our first pod. Uh, not a good Christian Brown game yesterday. Uh, I, I, I mean, he was fine, mostly defensively for me. Like, he, he wasn't doing anything crazy, not a lot of events creation. Um, he would ball watch a little bit, but it was, not, again, nothing like outside the norm. Uh, but offensively, it's just not there for him yesterday. Yeah, no, not at all. Um, and as someone who brought him up as my one of my potential sleepers, um, the calling card for that is his slashing athleticism combined with mm-hmm. the shooting. Um, shooting was not there. I think he had an air ball, two air balls, if you count the one he chucked off the backboard. Um, yeah, it went handle, wide right. It was, yeah, the handle just isn't really there yet. Um, you see if he is able to get past the first level, it gets loose. Any dig is going to kind of send him into a tizzy. Um, made a couple of poor decisions as a playmaker, either forcing kickouts or forcing drop-offs. Uh, just a lot of things there that could use improvement. Um, I think it all stemmed from the fact that he probably just isn't ready to take on any on-ball usage, really, um, and is going to be best utilized as someone who is going to be a nuclear shooter, if he is that, um, or just a good shooter, and is going to attack closeouts and cut by in the defense and finish above the rim because that's what he can do. Um, but, yeah, the offense w- was just not there in a way that I maybe had hoped it'd be. Yeah, and I think I would hint too. Um, like it's tough with Jalen Wilson out because I, I mean, Jalen Wilson's probably taking the most on-ball reps on the team, other than Remy Martin, depending on how the night goes. Um, I think I, I don't remember how long his suspension is supposed to be, but it's not that long. Um, but I'm sure, I mean, him him playing up a spot probably had an impact on it. But uh, you know, we'll see moving forward. Nothing like super discouraging one game, but uh, would have liked to see a little bit more. But you know, on the flip side of Jalen Wilson being out, though, I did like that for Ochai. Um, yeah, I, I was, was going to say like, I really liked the role that he was in. Uh, he did, wasn't really having any primary duties, but felt comfortable attacking second side on one of his pull-ups in the first half. It came off a pick and roll, um, just kind of mixing in these subtle creation reps. I think is great for him, um, especially playing alongside the guards because Kansas has, you know, I'm not the biggest Ray Martin fan. Um, they have a ton of high level guards. Yeah, I, I will. I will say though, I actually thought Remy Martin was pretty good last night. Not in terms he, he, of like an NBA level, but like, yeah, um, I was interested to see coming in because I hadn't watched a ton of Arizona State last year, but I knew the rep. Um, I thought he did a really good job just organizing the offense and and, and spotting up la- yeah last night, and he took over a little bit in the second half too. But I thought it was kind of necessary for them. It made sense. It was good, man. Uh, but yeah, I guess we can we can transition a little bit now going over to Michigan State. Let's start with Max Christie. Um, mm-hmm. Max Christie was uh, not like anything crazy standout yesterday. Like I think if you're just strictly box score watching, you're like, oh, okay, whatever. He's a freshman. It's his first game. 
Um, it sounds cliche, but he just looked like he belonged on the court, which is good when you're playing alongside other NBA guys. Um, I thought defensively, I was a little bit like, uh, I don't want to say surprised, but he wasn't awesome at the point of attack yesterday. He got burned a few times, um, looked to step slow. I think part of that's just physicality wise. Like, um, you know, he wasn't always in a low stance. There was a lot there that you can kind of lean from it. And I'm sure it'll come with time. But right now he's just like more suited to be a nail guy. And I thought he had some really good stunts from the nail, um, you know, tracked his guy well off the ball without uh, ever really ball watching. Like he did a really good job. Just head was constantly on a swivel yesterday. I think I wrote that down like three times. Um, just always looking all over the court. Um, but then offensively, I mean, I was just pumped that he let it go. Um, he was you like, I don't know. You could have easily seen him get in his head after missing. I think he missed his first two shots yesterday. Um, but the stroke looked really good, which, I mean, we knew that coming in, but uh, we actually got to see him run a little bit of pick and roll. It wasn't a ton. I think it was only like two or three, nothing crazy, but um, seeing him get into a pull-up jumper, I uh, had a couple of uh, attempts at the rim, um, but I mean, it wasn't, wasn't anything crazy, but I thought it was a good first game from him in terms of showcasing some of the stuff that's uh, going to be there for him and working on uh, potentially building some more on-ball equity. Yeah, no, I mean, I think I might be like a little bit lower on the overall performance, but I don't think it should really sway anyone one way yeah. or another. I think um, it's more just putting it compared to how the rest of the Michigan State played. I thought it was a solid yeah. enough showing, like a C, C minus. <laughs> and like the thing with Christie is he's going to need to let it fly. Um, you, you can talk about some guys who don't have the luxury of being gun shy, and he just doesn't have that. Uh, yeah. The rim, like anytime he kind of turned the corner, he was forced into these little push shots and floaters. A lot of his diet came off some deep mid-range pull-ups, which is fine. They look great. Um, the mechanics are extremely fluid. I think he's a ton of shot versatility to him. But if you're going to be gun-shy, like, there's not really a role for you. Um, so I'm looking forward to maybe him getting to the free-throw line, getting downhill a little bit. But again, I did like the shooting. Um, it, it's there. He, obviously, the shots didn't fall, and he's going to need them to fall. And he's going to like he's one of those guys who doesn't need to shoot. It. He's going to need to shoot it well, and he's going to need to shoot it a lot. Um, and I think you saw a little bit of – um, the trigger happy mentality, which is awesome to see, but I do want to harp on his issues at the point of attack, uh, especially from a screen navigation standpoint. And I think you see a lot of guys who are physically behind struggle in that aspect, just the act of whether it's footwork and coordination, and then also having to get around someone who is much larger than you. Um, not an easy feat, especially from a, like from a freshman standpoint, as scrawny as him. And I think he's just very behind physically. I mean, I know he added some upper body strength and definitely filled out a little bit from when I last saw him, which was what we talked about on the pod. But um, in terms of lower body, like flexibility and movement skills, like the quick twitch stuff, like isn't really there yet. Um, whether it was be a screen navigation or a jab step, he was kind of getting shook a little bit too often. But again, um, I, I do think he's best suited as an off ball guy on both ends. And I think this would kind of be like a meh performance. I don't think there's much to take away from it either in either direction, honestly. Yeah, no, I'm right there with you. Um, before, I mean, before we talk about our next guy, how did you did, did you enjoy the uh, the David McCormick Marcus Bingham uh, showdown that went on last night? I think they went like a combined thirty five percent on each other. Um, I wasn't really. I, I I think I texted our group chat chat about. It. I was like, dude, the, Michael Jordan could be on this team, and I think Thomas was going to draw up thirty five post ups for for Marble and Bingham. Like, and I, I get it to a degree. College is different, but also, oh my god, there was a there was a lot of post ups on both ends. 
those those bigs going at it is like the bash bros um i'm just gonna chuck it and hope it sticks and i'm gonna try to get slap it for the rebound and maybe i'll get it maybe it'll go out of bounds maybe i'll get an offensive foul um those possessions were not all that pleasant um <laughs> definitely some more modern offense showcased in the second game uh, yeah. but not, that, that's not really my cup of tea yeah no i'm right there with you um okay well let's talk about aj hoggard uh I mean, Hogarth, geez, I can't speak today. Uh, he was really fun yesterday. I thought he was Michigan State's best player. Um, he's notably slimmed down quite a bit from last year, uh, but incredibly physical on drives. I guess my first question I would ask you, though, um, how do you feel about his finishing? Because I know he finished well at the rim yesterday, but he is pretty below the rim right now. Um, and I think that stood out a lot for me. Like, I did appreciate I felt like he used angles really well in terms of the shots he was getting up. Um, and he actually hit two threes yesterday, which was nice to see because that's not normally in his bag. But uh, yeah, I guess just in terms of looking at it for the next level, I was a little bit like, ah, I don't I don't know. Yep, no, hit the nail on the head. I mean, I have in my notes that I do like that. He, I think he finds unique spaces and angles well. He kind of contorts his body into way that most other guards wouldn't. But I also have that his margin for error at the rim is basically zero. Um, if he doesn't find some crafty angle or body contortion like he's not going to get a good look and i think that showed its head like there were a couple times that he didn't finish um and also a couple bunnies that he probably should have finished just off the top of my head um that most other guards will put in the basket but it's he's very below the rim you hit the nail on the head and again he did slim down but athleticism is never and will never be his his calling card um i think he had a charge one time just like he struggles at like like straight line burst when it comes to changing pace and handle and selling your handle that's where he makes his money um but in terms of straight line burst and vertical pop that's definitely where he lacks um and i do think he has some strength to make up for it but he also is six one or six two um and not as strong as our fellow prospect Trevor Keels. So yeah, and it, so I don't think I don't know if it makes up enough is what I'll say. Yeah, I'm interested to see how it plays out this year. Like, can he get to the line more? Because that would be huge. Obviously, you know, maybe developing some craft there. I do think, like, um, you know, I'm sure Tyson Walker has a lot more than he showed yesterday. I just really did not seem gelled with everyone else on court and with Tom Izzo either. But uh, I mean, that's also everybody who plays in Michigan State. But uh, yeah, it feels like Hogarth should be starting. Uh, he was clearly the best guard yesterday. I'm interested to see how it plays out, but especially too, if the shot is there, that changes things because um, I do think there's enough with with the craft uh, in terms of how it can get downhill. If, if you can just develop a little bit more in terms of actually drawing fouls, like he's he's a guy. He's he's interesting. I, I liked him defensively too. I didn't think he was like anything crazy, but uh, really physical at the point of attack. Just does good stuff there. Um, some of the passes though, and I'll be honest, it's part of the frustration with watching Michigan state's offense is that it does the, the, the guards, absolutely no favors, um, like just minimal pick and roll a lot of, it's like the worst kind of four out offense possible where you just don't use, uh, really all that much screening from your bigs. And I really don't get it. Um, but it felt like there was a lot of premeditated passes and that's part of what Ochai feasted on yesterday. Uh, it was a lot of just easy turnovers across the middle of the court that um, you can't really afford to have. But um, I don't know, a lot to watch with him moving forward for sure. Yeah, no, I mean, the lackadaisical perimeter stuff, which Ochai 
feasted on, as you mentioned, like that's unacceptable. And I kind of think it's more just like lazy. Um, rather, but like there is one, he had one premeditated one. Uh, he shook his defender with an in and out and then like was expecting a, sl- like got a slide and wasn't expecting a help side, like secondary rotation, just went for the drop off and immediately got picked off. But I will say he threw my favorite non-severe severe wheeler pass of the night. Um, there was one play in the first half. And of course, it literally should have been a wide open dunk. But of course, I forgot which Michigan big man it was. Dropped the ball and then was forced into like a little push shot floater, um, which it was two points. But I would just harp, like pay attention to the timing of that pass. Uh, the ball is out of his hands when the tag is still going on. But there's just like a slight movement from the tag. I think it might have been Ochai's tag. I'm not 100% sure, though. Um, the ball is out of his hands while the tag is still going on, but he can he reads that the tag that he's tagging and recovering um, and leads his minute to the basket. Like I said, uh, they didn't really catch it, but the anticipation was was pretty cool to see there. Yeah, no, I agree, man. Um, do you have any other thoughts from, from MSU Kansas before we get out of here? I mean, not get out of here, I mean, on the next game. No, I mean, I think it's just like with o- with AJ, like he has to shoot. Um, I, I really think that's what it's going to come down to. Like the craft yeah. is there. I do think the passing is probably there. Made some nice digs. And like, I don't think he'll ever struggle with NBA physicality from a guard standpoint. I'm as long as he can continue on this track from a weight room's perspective. But he's going to be hampered at the rim. And if you're hampered at the rim, you can't really shoot from three. Um, that's tough uh, as a small guard. Yeah. Yep. So it's, it's kind of wait and see. We'll see what happens this year. Um, I will say, uh, I was, I had, I don't know quite what I still have hopes, like, I guess, uh, or, or less hopes, more just like curiosity, like, okay, if Marcus Bingham is actually a shooter this year, I don't think it's going to happen, but he's trying. He took, I think he took two yesterday. Um, he seems even less flexible than last year, uh, which was not great. It's weird. Cause he's like oddly mobile, but also just so stiff. I just don't, I don't know, man, but um, yeah, there, there's not really a whole, whole, whole lot else to talk about with MSU. Yeah, I am kind of out on everyone on both these teams <laughs> beyond the guys we talked about. Yeah, we'll keep our minds open. We'll see. Um, well, yeah, let's talk about Kentucky-Duke. Uh, this game was was just awesome. Dude, the first – I think it's, there were, what, like five possessions in the first 50 seconds without a whistle. Um, it was just so fast-paced. The opening was incredible. Um, there's a lot to break down with, but I think we just have to start with Paolo. Like Paolo was, um, was really solid last night. Uh, I think I was probably a little bit lower on his defense than others, but we'll get into that. Um, let's just talk about his offense first, man. Uh, the stuff that he was doing, it was, I mean, I, again, I have quibbles with, with the fact that Paolo is just like never going to be used as a DHO operator or any kind of screener in this offense, but here's what it is. Uh, the like did a lot out of the post and just in face up in general. Uh, and the craft is just kind of tremendous. Like he had a starter rip early, uh, had a nice rip through uh, later on in the, in the first half to, to just show us his foul, foul drawing crafts. Um, I mean, there was so much there with him, man. Where, like what, what else stood out for you? I mean, a bunch of things stood out. I'll start with just like, I don't know really what, player in college basketball you can put on him to stop him um you throw the bigger guys on him he's comfortable isoing you from the three-point line and he had the stutter rip and then he also had another possession in the first half where he was just kind of setting up his moves and ended up like with a legit guard or wing type snatch cross into a pull-up yeah. and like i think that was the first move before 
stutter rip. And then in the po- in the second half, you uh, they were operating him out of the mid post, lower post. And like, if he gets a smaller defender on, he, he's absolutely enormous for a college four. Um, and he just put him in the rim. So I, I just think you're going to see this matchup problem trend continue all the way into the league because um, he just offers you so much offensive versatility. He took a couple threes, which I was happy about. Um, the shot looks pretty good for considering where he was at. And I would just say like, when you, I'm not saying he's Tatum because Tatum has long been like that pull-up mid-range shooter. But when you see these huge wings, like year six and seven into their NBA career, taking pull-up threes and you have to say to yourself, where did it start? Like, that's where it starts um, on these one to two drill pull-ups when he's not just attacking closeouts. He is creating legit self, like he's legitimately creating space um, off a standstill. There is no motion in Duke's offense. And that was one of my qualms is that, Obviously, they didn't put him in as many advantageous situations as they could, but I think it was also part of him a little bit. He was sticking a little bit too much with the ball, was being a little bit too indecisive, um, ended up having running himself into a charge one time. But of course, these are you know small quibbles, but you have to obviously put the top prospect under the highest mic under the biggest microscope. But no, I mean, I really do think he was incredible. Um, I want to see a little bit more of the passing. That yeah. was something he kind of flashed earlier. And I had threw up a clip on, or a quote tweeted someone's clip on Twitter that kind of highlighted just like his processing being a slip, uh, like uh, a little step slow. But no, I mean, um, while he was healthy and not cramping up, he was absolutely dominant. Yeah, no, he was, he was incredible, man. Uh, and I'm there with you too. I thought that was something I really wanted to see last night was more of the passing flashes. And it's just like, it's not like it wasn't there, but um, in terms of uh, how much we were seeing of it, I want to see a lot more moving forward. I'm sure we will, but it's just going to take time. Um, like you mentioned, the self-created pull-up twos were just like that. That was that was golden, and I want to see more. Um, all right, can we talk about? Let's talk about the defense. I was going to um, say let's talk about the defense. I didn't think it was bad. I think I'll put it. I'll put it like this. Um, he was a lot more mobile than I was expecting. Like he looked. Not that I thought he wasn't going to be mobile coming in, but like. He did not look out of place at the four at all. Like I thought he looked very good in terms of ranginess and um, you know, how he's moving on the floor. Um, I thought he ball washed a little bit though, and just didn't really, he, he missed a lot of tags or just didn't do it at all. Um, I shouldn't say at all, but like there was just a lot that he kind of didn't, didn't really do. Um, and I feel like, I, I, again, I don't want to be incredibly harsh, but I do want to see him do a lot more on the defensive end. I so I actually thought he came out strong in the defensive end. Um, I think he had a couple of tags, a couple of weak side rotations. But um, as the game went on, I think he started to get a little bit more accident yeah. school. He had a big ball watching lapse in the second half where he just his man he was on the dunker spot and his man just completely slipped behind number two. Um, I think it was solid, honestly. I think I might come away a little bit higher than you. I I do definitely want to take away something from like him look like lateral moving and combined with the strength. I think that is pretty much set to be a four um, in the league. I don't think he's going to be a five. Um, I think maybe you're going to run him in spurts as like a small ball guy, but you, that offense is, that's going to be offense heavy and line up and you're going to bleed a lot on defense. Um, And I think that's just what you know, you're getting yourself into. I don't think that's some like cat in the bag that you can always pull out and it's going to give you positive impact, but I really do think he looked good as a four. Um, And as we're seeing two bigs that have modern skill sets, as you're writing about soon can coexist together. Um, And especially if he is going to tune it up a little bit, I, I do think his defense was solid again, nothing crazy, nothing, wild as a weak side rim protector but kind of just did his job for the most part 
Um, I think there definitely are some bones to pick, but again, I don't want to get too overly critical because one, because of the offensive load and, and two, just because of the circumstance of it being his first college game. Yeah, no, that's totally fair. And I, I agree. Like he was solid. I just like, I, I really want to see hand activity. Like he has, he has the feel, he has the ability to be somebody who can be impactful just with, with small things like that, working on stunts, um, just being a little bit more impactful. Like, like you mentioned, he did his job, but I want to see a little bit more there. Um, but you're right. It's one game. I'm just so excited, man. Uh, yeah. Let's talk about, uh, I think that, that, that gets Powell's first game for us. We got to talk about Trevor Keels though. I think this is who I wanted to talk about the most. Uh, he was awesome yesterday, like on, on both ends for me. Um, we'll talk about the jumper last because I do have a question about the jumper, but uh, I mean, just the sheer driving was kind of insane. Like he kind of is built like a gears. Uh, did you ever play gears of war? I did not. You know, he's kind of built like a Gears of War character. Uh, just like literally straight muscle, absolutely pile drive through Kentucky's defense time and time again. Um, was really good at just getting to the rim and, and how he was finishing there as well. Um, and I thought he had some really quality reads and passes too overall, which was I, – I didn't really know a lot about Trevor coming in, um, but I want to know a lot more <laughs> moving forward now. Um, as someone who's watched Trevor very closely since he was a high school freshman and have like known about him being the local phenom since he was in seventh grade. Um, if you would have told me someone was going to come away from his first game and have questions about his shot, but be praising his on-ball driving game, I would have told you you're crazy. Um, that, like <laughs> I, I was high on Trevor. I thought, I thought he was definitely an eventual NBA guy. I didn't know what his role was going to look like this year. Um, I didn't know how many touches he was going to get, but the NBA skill set is there um, from a feel and shooting standpoint. The part that I was blown away with um, was the on-ball stuff and the pace, the patience. The first step has looked better than I've ever seen it from him before, but definitely the pace, um, the change, like the pick and roll and the patience and getting guys in their hip, like genuinely reading the drop big to decide if I'm going to throw the lob or do the floater. Um, making having counters for a step back jumper and then parlaying that into a jump pass to the like to your dive man um that's just stuff i didn't expect to see from him this early no way um so as someone who definitely thought trevor was an nba player at some point um he even blew me away last night um he was very very good on the ball and that is definitely not I mean, let's just say I'm not gonna say I expect him to struggle there, but um, in terms of the offensive repertoire, he can shoot the cover off the ball from anywhere on the floor. Um, has body touch, smooth mechanics, but uh, the driving game and kind of just getting to his spots in the half court, which um, exceeded my expectations. So, all right, well, with what I meant with the shot, though, I, not that I think it's bad, but it, it was it's very noticeable how much his legs play out when he shoots. Um, and I was wondering what's up with that because I, is that something he's always done or like, uh, cause again, I, I didn't really know a whole ton about him coming in, but that stood out for me. As soon as I saw him shoot, I'm like, Holy shit. Like I'm not used to seeing people shoot like that. So when I saw him take his first two threes, I was like, is Trevor nervous? Like what's good with that? Um, I've genuinely never seen that from him before. Maybe I haven't paid attention to it, but, uh, I really don't recall any legs flaring out. And I would think you could definitely attribute his first couple of misses to that because he is, basically known for having as compact and simplistic of a jumper as you can have i mean you see the upper body is is very smooth not really a hitch just yeah. catch load and, and fire straight um and the lower body usually follows um i think that might have been a little bit of madison square garden nerves um i'm interested to track it because that is definitely something new to me but as a first time watcher that's definitely a valid concern um i've personally never noticed that but it, it's something i have in my notes as well and we'll keep tracking for sure 
definitely. Um, yeah, and especially too, like he had some really nice dump off passes. Like I was, I loved the interior passing from him too. Um, I he had like a couple baseline drives that were really promising. Like I just, I'm, I'm so in. And then you talk about the defense. Like he was good off the ball. He was really, really good in screen nav. Uh, part of it was like, and we'll talk about the Kentucky guards. Um, Kentucky guards were not awesome last night, other than severe. Uh, but I mean, he was he was just so good, so good at the point of attack. Uh, and part of it is like, I guess you know, it's easy to kind of get baited into. Oh, this guy is really, really strong, playing his ass off. He's got a great defense. But I felt legitimately like in watching him, he was just he was so locked in on that end. Yeah, uh, I mean, that's definitely the way he was taught. Um, that's if you go to PVI, you're going to drill that into you. Um, Coach Farrell is not going to be happy over there unless you're getting a ton of stops and you're putting it all out on the line. But the thing that I was really most impressed with, like just the finishing, um, I really thought that would be the biggest adjustment for him at the college level. And I do think he'll run into some issues as he is not um, an above the rim athlete at all. And I'm very curious to see how many dunks he ends up finishing the year with. My guess is it's probably going to be in single digits, um, depending upon how many transition runouts he gets. And you, that was a little bit evident there, but it, it, part of it didn't really matter. Um, he moved Oscar Shibwe out of the way um, in midair. And obviously he's the one coming downhill with momentum, but Oscar is about as strong as they're going to get in college basketball. Um, and he completely displaced him under the basket. So I think when we talked about AJ's um, strength being an enabler, I think you really saw that with Trevor. He's able to keep defenders on their hips. He's able to maintain the angle that he wants and he's able to take contact. Um, and I think that was something that was extremely evident last uh, last night is that although he's not going to rise up over you, he's going to get put you where he wants to go. Um, so it's less of, so he doesn't even need to rise up over you. And again, that's like a less proven strategy, but hey, like you got to be open to anything in scouting. And how big of a contest is it? Like how big is it? Basically what I'm trying to say is how big of a deal is it that you can't necessarily rise up over your contest if you can displace the defender that's attempting to contest you anyways. Um, I think that's something he's going to have to experiment with this year. Yeah, no. So it's such a great point too, because um, like, again, it's, it's different, but like you, in that article you wrote last year and talking about like unconventional athleticism and looking at it in different ways, like he's, his deceleration really popped for me yesterday. Mm -hmm. Because, like, whenever I see a guard like that who's not really an above-the-rim athlete but is an incredible driver, like, I don't – again, we're, we're not here to make comps, but, like, I think a lot of, like, okay, is this guy going to be like Malcolm Brogdon? Like, Malcolm Brogdon is an incredible driver, really struggles to finish because he has no breaks whatsoever. So seeing a guy like Trevor who does have the ability to put the diesel on a little bit um, and get into somebody and use his strength, like, it's – again, like you mentioned, it's a harder way to finish – but if you can do it, by all means, I'll be excited about it. So I agree. It's something to track all year, but really, really promising first game. Yeah, no, for sure. And, and I mean, the one thing I'll be looking to monitor moving forward is uh, his off-ball usage because mm -hmm. uh, that's where he made his money in high school as just a absolute bombs away shooter. Um, and I think Paulo being in and out hurt, uh, Wendell Moore being in and out hurt, with, but both of them with cramps. AJ still not being fully recovered. He was sort of thrusted into this on-ball role, which he did extremely well in. But I mean, I think he's he's more of an off-guard in the league. And mm -hmm. I think all those secondary or all those pick and rolls that you saw him run would just be better suited as secondary actions rather than primaries. And I think sometimes they were. Um, and that's where he was even able to exploit Kentucky the most. Um, so I'm, I'm curious to see if they'll run him off some pin downs or, or just 
quick hitting shooting sets because I do think he's probably the best shooter on the, on the roster for them. Um, so definitely interested to track his usage as well as everything else that we talked about. Yeah, most definitely, man. Uh, well, yeah, let's talk about Ty Ty Washington now. Um, I'll be completely honest. I, I, I was, mo- I don't want to say I was mostly paying attention to Duke. I, I, but I just did not really notice Ty Ty a lot. Uh, and I don't mean that as a, as a dig. Um, he had a really rough night last night. Um, I don't have any super strong takeaways. Again, it's the first first game, and I think I'm I'm more into leaning to being a little bit more positive than negative with it. Um, where were you at coming out of this game for him? I mean, I definitely have some tie tie thoughts, and I'm not gonna lie and say they're all positive. Um, and I and I watched Kentucky. Like this isn't a thing. Like oh, you've only seen tie tie when he doesn't look good. Like I watched their exhibition game where he was lights out. Um, he played really well. But the problem is, even against D2 team, I don't know if he generated, self-generated any rim attempts. Um, they were all contested, or contested, semi-contested mid-range pull-ups or pull-up threes or coming off flares or all in the in-between area or deep mid-range. And it's that's just not that reliable of a shot diet. And Jay Billis on the call, and I don't fault Jay. I don't know how many times he's seen Ty Ty ever, but... Jay Bills and the call kept kind of harping on his shot selection and say, he's got to take better shots, got to take better shots. And I'm sitting in my bed and being like, I don't know if he can get them, um, especially not at this, especially not against Duke. Um, if he's not getting to the rim against D2, whoever they're playing, the in-state Kentucky team, he's probably not going to get there against Duke. Um, and I think Keels gave him a lot of trouble from a physicality standpoint, because if Ty Ty is going to create an advantage, he needs to lean into being one of like a stackier guard and Keels is just way stronger than him. So he's not able to play that card. Um, you would hope that someone kills frame, Ty Ty will be able to blow by him. Um, and I think he got him maybe once or twice, but even then um, there was a possession in the first half. He got to the rim, Paulo rotated over. And instead of going up, challenging, euroing around the help, he just kicked it out um, and Duke and Duke rotated and the advantage was killed. Um, and I just think if he's going to be that scoring combo guard that I think he, he wants to be, you got to mix in some rim attempts and floaters. And I, someone mm-hmm. said this on Twitter, like, oh, I just think of him as Emmanuel quickly. And again, not here to make comps, but like the shot diet is very similar. Um, a lot of floaters, a lot of pull-ups. And hey, if I'm shooting well, I'm going to look great. And if I don't, uh, I'm going to look like shit. Um, and last night was one of those nights where they weren't going in. So I, I would just like to see some more consistency. Um, and that a lot of that comes from getting to the line. And there's one, I mean, there's one thing on my Twitter, like, he turns the corner against Keels in a pick and roll one time. Keels is on his hip and he ends up getting fouled for two free throws, but it's a blatant two-on-one between Mark Williams, the drop big, Shiway, his role man, and Ty Ty. And instead of taking one more dribble to either get to the foul on himself or draw Williams and lob it up, he settles for a floater. So not only does that hinder your scoring efficiency, it's also going to limit the passing windows that you're going to bring about. Um, like we said, we talked about on one of our episodes, rim pressure opens up passing windows. Um, paint touches open up passing windows. And if you're settling and you're not putting that as much pressure on the defense as you can. It's just going to make things every, make things more difficult in every single aspect. Yeah. Um, and like you mentioned too, it felt like the only real pain attempts or, or just general pressure that got put on the rim were from Oscar Shibwe offensive rebounds and severe Wheeler. And that was really about it. Uh, there was just not a lot in terms of anything going on in the paint. And part of that was Mark Williams, man. Uh, and we can trans, I mean, that's a good transition to Mark Williams. Yeah. Um, I thought, I mean, he was about what I expected yesterday. Like the rim protection looked fantastic. Uh, the rebounding, uh, let's, okay. With the rebounding though, where are you at? Because part of that is tough. You got to evaluate it. Like 
Oscar Shibway is probably the best rebounder in college basketball, at least offensive rebounder, one of the strongest guys just in in general in the country. Uh, but also, it's tough because that's kind of where, um, again, not on Powell, just team in general, like, okay, nobody was boxing him out. Like, uh, Jay Bullis actually did a really good job pointing on the broadcast, like talking about how Bob Huggins reaches to his guys to move, uh, maneuver around box outs. Uh, you saw how well Oscar did that yesterday. So I think Mark was doing a really good job of getting the initial contest, but a lot of the rebounding was just kind of on Duke in general. Yeah. And I think that's where you're going to see Williams frame struggle the most. Um, yeah. And I think we're going to brush over Oscar a little bit because I do think we have to talk about his performance in some aspect and listen, the pitch with Oscar, if he makes it to the league, it's going to be because he is just going to outwork everyone and out strength everyone. That's probably not an ideal matchup for Mark Williams, um, just in terms of the bigs that are going to give him trouble. But I, I mean, you see, you still saw his impact. He's mobile. Yeah. He's nimble. He can move. His ground coverage is extremely impressive. He had one play where he kind of he didn't get all the way to the level of the screen, but got up pretty high. Got his guard got beat. He recovered and pinned him at the rim. Um, like there was legit ground coverage there, and the reactivity is solid. His hand-eye coordination of lobs is very impressive. Uh, the play where Paolo just that was a terrible, terrible pass. Backboard, like <laughs> terrible pass, terrible decision. And Mark was like able to corral it. There were a bunch of other ones on a lob keels through to him. Good read by keels, but I mean, Mark did most of the heavy lifting on that one. He's like he has soft hands. He's and like being a lob threat is pretty under like a legit lob threat. Like I think that could get underrated, um, especially from prospects. So I'm looking forward to him like putting the catch radius on display more and more. Um, I'd love to see any kind of decision making from him, um, mm. whether he gets double in the post or makes a quick short roll pass. I'm not sure how frequent the they're gonna come. But um, yeah, as a rim runner guy and an athlete who can just be a solid piece in your center rotation, like I don't think that should go unnoticed potentially. Yeah, no, he was he was fantastic yesterday. Again, like you mentioned, the catch radius was just it's ridiculous. And I, I'm excited to see more. Um, let's talk a little bit about Oscar Sheway, because and I promise this is not just me trying to hype people up. Uh, I really do believe in him as an NBA guy. Like you mentioned, uh, I think a lot of his path is just outworking people. Um, and that showed yesterday. I mean, what did he have? I think he had eight offensive rebounds in the first half or something like yeah. that. Was just absolutely ridiculous. Um, picked up the fouls, but also I think part of that was like, I mean, Kentucky's guard defense was terrible yesterday. Part of that is, I mean, Severe Wheeler is what five eight, so you're asking a lot. Uh, I do. Th- I still believe in him as a, he's like. I honestly think he's a solid defender. He's relatively mobile. Like I don't think that he's necessarily a coverage versatile guy, but he can. He can come up a little bit closer to the screen. I want to see more of that this year, but there was stuff that I felt comfortable with him at West Virginia last year. Like we know he's not going to be an awesome shot blocker because he's just a relatively groundbound guy without loading up. But I still think he's good at being big and in the way. And that counts for something. And I, I don't think he's going to be a starter in the NBA or anything, but in terms of an innings eater off the bench who can just absolutely demolish some bench units, like I see that avenue for him for sure. I would really like to see him get to the level. Um, I think that makes the whole pitch a little bit more worthwhile just because he is, like, as you mentioned, um, he also is only like 6'9", I think, for mm-hmm. center. Uh, he's not very tall, which is inherently going to limit, one, your lob gravity on the offensive end, and two, your rim protection um, equity on the other end. And so, especially when you're going against NBA guys. And I think when you look at, like, the Onyeko Okongwu 
mold. And I think this, and this is something I've talked about with PD um, off the air. You, you got to have that everlasting running motor. Um, you just need to outwork people. You're at such a disadvantage from a height perspective in Oscar's case, not really a weight and strength perspective, um, but it's just so much ground to make up. But listen, if he's going to outwork everyone like he did last night, and that's gone back to everything in his high school uh tape and everything you hear from camps uh, there were stories about him giving wiseman absolute hell i at, believe it man <laughs> at the at one of the i think it was the adidas nations camp um and it's just because like if you don't 100 percent want to be in that basketball game or you are not 110 percent committed to being where your feet are like oscar is going to tear you apart because he does not take a second off and it's like he's one of those dudes if you take any lapses he'll make you pay um and i think Look, the skills aren't really there. He, he the ball, he's the ball skills are still very clearly raw, if anything there. Um, but you can't teach what he has, and that's an everlasting motor and just an incredible frame. But I do think the whole thing makes a lot of bit a lot more sense um, if he gets to the level and can yeah. be a coverage versatile guy. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I'm right there, and it's something I want to see more of this year. But a lot's just going to depend on Kentucky's personnel. Um, I don't really have any AJ Griffin thoughts because again, like I mentioned, I didn't get to see much of the second half. Um, and he, I think he only played like a minute and 10 seconds in the first half and did like very little. You just can't really gauge anything off that. Do you have anything you want to hit on from him? Um, I mean, I barely took notes for him in this game. Honestly, I really don't want to hold him to any yeah. standard in this. I think he probably played more than they wanted him to play just out of sheer need with Duke having a cramp every other minute, which was ridiculous <laughs> for someone uh, with a college team of that caliber. I was getting texts like, is Duke drink, not drink water? Like what's going on here? Um, so I think he kind of got thrust into it. He had a nice, like little backdoor cut and a finished, um, I mean, there's really not much there. You can tell he's not fully healthy um, and didn't assert himself as such. But I mean, the, the role thing, the role concerns that I addressed on the preseason pod, like still reign true, um, especially with the way Keels was playing on the ball. And they're going to, Paolo's obviously going to, or Paolo's obviously going to get his initiation touches, whether that be in the low post, mid post, or from the three point line. Uh, and there's only so many touches to go around. So I do think it's going to be really interesting to see how he adjusts not being the guy. Um, but that's obviously a question for a later date, at least yeah. in my opinion. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm right there with you. Um, do you have any Wendell Moore thoughts? He looked good I yesterday. I thought he, he looked look good, good but yesterday. Like, am I talking myself into this? I was <laughs> always, like, like, I'm not doing this. Like, yeah. I really didn't think he was good as a freshman or sophomore. Mm-hmm. Um, I know he started playing a little bit better towards the end of last year. Uh, one of the best moments in tobacco road history, I guess, with this putback. But uh, from an NBA draft standpoint, I'm I don't I'm not sure I'm fully there. Um, what yeah. I do what, what I do say is he looked a lot more composed and patient. Um, let the game come to him last night, but he also made a bunch of deep twos that he doesn't typically yeah. make. Um, and we'll see. He had a nice putback dunk, um, and obviously was very key for Duke from like a stat sheet standpoint. But as far as NBA, I'm not sure if I'm ready to be back in that, into that. Yeah, no, I'm in the same bit. I, uh, I God, holy shit, this is two years ago. Uh, yeah, scouting Cassius Stanley, like Wendell Moore never popped for me. Um, but he did look a lot better yesterday than I, I expected. How has it been two years since Cassius Stanley was at Duke? Um, <laughs> all right. Uh, is there anyone else you want to hit on from this? Oh, Severe Wheeler. We've, we've talked about him multiple times. 
Uh, just, obviously not an NBA guy because he's he's 5'8". It's just so hard to make that work. But he was so fun yesterday, man. Like the impression to him be, was fantastic. He is going to be – there are two, I mean, two things for certain. Well, he's probably not an NBA guy, but he is going to be an overseas legend. And I know this is the thing I'm most certain on. He is going to be a summer pro-am legend uh, for years to come. He is crafty as hell, so quick. Um his passing was absolutely incredible. Really he's cool. got to be one of the best passers in the country. Just the delivery angles, the like quick twitch. He's delivers bullets with absolute velocity. Um, very like super shifty and quick. Um, I think someone said on Twitter that I followed and I was thinking all night, like this Kentucky team is going to go as far as he takes them, honestly. Um, I think he's their engine and he, he'll be one of my favorite guys to watch in college basketball just because Same. that playmaking is incredible. Um, he has some really incredible. nice finishes at the rim too. Like he has, he, is, he has some nice hesitations to throw guys off just good stutters when he's getting downhill. Um, no, I loved watching him yesterday. Yeah, I mean, if you're a small guard playing at a high level, go watch his finishing package. Uh, the single leg scoops, getting it up on the glass, using the rim as your as as your protection. Um, obviously, you can't succeed all the time. He got definitely got punched, maybe one or two. Yeah, Mark Williams was waiting for him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he definitely, and I think he got punched by Theo John too. But um, hey, as a five eight guy going into those trees, you're bound to lose some battles. But um, I just want to give a quick shout out to him because I know we are an NBA draft based podcast, but he just popped so much for me last night and had so much fun watching him, and we'll continue to do so all year long. Yeah, no, definitely, man. Um, well, if there's nobody else you want to hit on from that game. We, I know we both have some additional guys that we want to hit on that we both watched last night. Yeah, I mean, I can start with PBJ. I mean, he's fresh in my head. I already finished the game right before we started recording. Uh, he was really, really, really good. And That's I have some thoughts. I, I haven't gotten to watch know, him yet. I can't wait, man. And, and I know people are going to have some qualms about the competition level. Um, he's in the Horizon League. It's not necessarily – Typical competition for top five pick potentially. But what I will say is about the developmental context is it's perfect for him. Absolutely perfect for him. Um, not because the competition's easy and the guys are bumps. They can shoot over them. Uh, he can shoot over anyone in the country. But because UW-Milwaukee does a great job of prioritizing him, but not by just thrusting him into uncomfortable situations. And by prioritizing him typically with basketball prospects, you're thinking they're going to give them the ball. They're going to spam pick and roll. They're going to, it's the Trey Young Oklahoma thing, but it's not that for them. Um, he spends most of his time off the ball, but he's in positions to make positive relocations. They run him off pin downs, get him going into space. Um, he has time. He has the opportunity for these quick one to two little uh, pull-up jumpers. One to two pull-up, can't speak. One to two dribble <laughs> pull-up jumpers. Um, but yeah, he just is doing getting reps with play types that he's going to get in the league. And that's where he excels. Um, I think a lot of people, or I think me included a little bit thought he maybe was just going to get thrown to the wolves and have it be like his high school usage where he brought up the ball and just like did whatever he wanted. And that was not the case. Um, he picked the spots very nicely and it, all, it just looked extremely translatable. Um, the jumper, I got to see Houston. We'll compare their percentages and uh, stream profiles at the end, but I don't really know how he Pat Baldwin isn't the best shooter in the draft. Um, just at six nine, with those mechanics off the bounce, off the catch, um, no conscious whatsoever. Um, I had a lot of fun with him. Yeah, I'm very excited to dig in, and it's kind of interesting too. Like you mentioned, uh, I'm just kind of excited about the context. The more that I dove into that team, and I still am hopefully uh, not hopefully like I'm going to write something about it just when it comes out. Um, life has been hectic, but like they have talent on that team. Again, it's more mid-major guys, but like 
randomly Vin Baker's son is on that team. Like, the, and he's actually decent. Like, there's, I think they returned their top, uh, their top score from last season. Um, they just like there are enough guys to make it so that PBJ just doesn't have to do 35% usage season. And I appreciate that because like that's probably a little much. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll transition to one of my guys. Uh, Wait, can I say one thing about the oh, defense? Yeah, before sure. I completely forgot. Um, so the defense of PBJ, uh, he popped in FIBA, and this is what we talked about doing like the big man stuff, like playing drop coverage, acting as the low man. And that stuff was definitely prevalent. Um, he was the two notes I have is like he was did a great job of meeting guys outside the lane as the low man, like really cutting off drives and not letting them to get deep into the pain and cause more rotations. Like when he made a rotation and he got there, he fully cut off the drive and was able to rotate back, and the advantage was killed. Um, and I also loved his verticality, one on those rotations, closing up passing lanes, and then also on some contests. Um, the one thing I do want to shed some light on is he got like. Him, he turned his back on his man like a decent amount. And sometimes they would back cut and just not get the ball. Other times they would just stand there. But I do think that's something to keep note of. Mm-hmm. Uh, just a little bit of a couple lapses here and there. But obviously you want to evaluate these top guys um, very closely. And so I think while like his like all the reads that were in front of him as a low man, he had no issues with and knew exactly where to be. But I did find that when he was kind of outside the play or, or what he perceived as such, uh, there might have been a little lapse of mental attention span or attention there. So um, it's just something to notice, but overall really good first game from him. And outside of, I mean, I'm honestly going to say like, he's in probably impressed me the most out of anyone I watched um, just given the stuff on both sides and with the shooting. Yeah. Um, well, guy for me who I just watched for the first time uh, and really enjoyed was Kennedy Chandler. Uh he was really good last night uh, for Tennessee. Um, I didn't. I wouldn't go as far as saying the best that I watched. I still think. Uh, I mean, Powell had the best game that I've seen from a prospect yet. Um, but Kennedy was really solid. I think he went four of four from three last night. Uh, he had. I mean, I already come. I think I have. I don't want to say I have more concerns than I expected coming out, but um, already against UT Martin, you saw some of the rim finishing issues. Um, like he is pretty small. He has a big wingspan, but like he was good at getting into the lane. His he he got a lot of paint touches yesterday, so that was great to see. Um, he had some nice passes out of there. Also, he never two hand passes ever. Um, it's always like a one hand whip pass, which I appreciate. Um, but a lot of floaters, and he did it like he got to the foul line once because he was he got it up into somebody and got a floater off. Um, like I think it's going to be a lot of trying to see what happens with him as a rim finisher and how that develops a, a question for you though how do you feel about his movement skills i know this is a very random niche thing to ask but i was thinking about this when i was watching him he has kind of like a really herky-jerky movement like his feet are kind of choppy um and not super fluid and it just like especially with the stride lengths like i think it throws people off offensively but it also throws him off on defense to it to an extent i mean i don't i can't say i've really like paid attention to that much on defense um because he's always kind of been like the quickest guy on the floor. Yeah. Um, but especially on off, I mean, on offense, it's very like quick twitch and like his change of direction and things of that nature are, I mean, now that you say it, like short choppy, like a wide receiver, like when they change direction, like your short choppy steps. Um, so I'll go, that's something I need to go back and monitor. Um, that didn't pop for me off the top of my head, but when you contextualize it with like his strengths of kind of changing speed and change direction while still 
running 100 miles per hour in transition. Um, it kind of checks out. The thing I was going to ask, because I haven't seen Kennedy yet, mm. um, how, the rim finishing was going to be my first question. And then obviously him going for the shot might have improved, but him going four for four is just not sustainable from like a scoring standpoint every night. Mm. How did the change of pace and in between game look? I thought uh, that's where there were some things with me. Like if he got stopped going downhill, uh, it wasn't full on Springer Keon, uh, but it was a lot of picking up his dribble, pivoting and, and throwing the ball out. So he killed his dribble a lot yesterday, um, which was a little um, bit like. T- Go ahead. We know we just need to do some sniffing because like that was not the case for him at all in high school. And like I have a clip on my computer of him getting downhill, getting walled off and then throwing a nasty behind the back wraparound like bang, bang in stride. Um so I don't know. We might need to look around. <laughs> Rick Barnes, come on down. If it's uh, Springer and Keon, I get because they were both very behind on the handling curve, but uh, Kennedy is not. Yeah, no, I, I agree in watching him. He had a, like a couple of passes out of getting walled off that were nice, but like you could tell some of the height bothered him a little bit yesterday. He didn't try it. Like, I don't know if he does. Is he a jump pass guy at all? Um, I just think he's very creative as a passer. Yeah. Um, okay, well, I would love to see him be a jump pass guy moving forward, especially because he's a little shorter. But um, like I you think, saw the vision yesterday for sure. But it's yeah. just more about like when when plays die down, where does it go? So what I will say about Kenny, I think he's probably used to someone who's he's probably someone who's used to playing a lot of space. Um, he's quick. Mm-hmm. He's running transition, playoff ball screens. So uh, just I think that'll be a learning curve for him of just getting around the roadblocks that is power five big men when you're getting trapped or wings when they're hounding you from the weak side. Um, so I, but I do think he's very creative as a passer. Just, and you mentioned the one, uh, one hand live skips. That's kind of the first thing that comes to mind when I think of him. Yeah. Um, and one of the things I really like too, is coming in, like I knew he's on ball creator guy. Uh, I really liked, I don't know if this is a him thing or, or something that Rick Barnes wants him to do in the offense, but uh, if they get down and it's not really in transition, but just coming down, uh, he'll, start a set and then he's been awesome like just moving off the ball i know it's one game but a lot of just uh roaming baseline real quick and coming up off of the pin down uh i think he had two of his shots off that and he had deep shots yesterday too i think he had one one or two or 28 footers like pretty long um shots pretty set though so i i am curious to see what that looks like especially against harder closeouts in the sec um but yeah i was impressed nonetheless man i thought he had a really good game yeah, no. I mean, he's definitely one of the guys that's on the docket. Um, after it's just so overwhelming right now with all yeah. these guys. I know so many guys to watch, man. Um, we well, yeah, one guy that we both watched. I I was gonna say we talked yeah. Jabari. I got mostly done watching him. I, I I I cut out after the third quarter, um, to come on here. But Jabari Smith was so fun yesterday, man. Um, like just an absolute blast to watch. Uh, what stood out most for you watching him yesterday? shooting um, yeah had to be a shooting for me uh that's that to me that was the sh- upside calling card um that was his personal calling card and he was going to need to do it at a high level and i'm I, I meant to mention this with pbj and it's just like the types of audacious shooters that are just obnoxious and mm. you have like your steph curry like small guard types that'll just like throw a million combos at you and then toss up like a pull-up jumper and there's like what am i supposed to do about that <laughs> and then there's your kevin durant types which is like i'm not calling 
Jabari or Pat Ball and Kevin Durant, but it's like, hey, you can contest me. Like, it won't matter. You can try. Um, you can get to the, my chin. I'm just going to shoot over you. And like, he had one of his jab threes and the turnaround. The po- the baseline turnaround was just nuts. Uh, he was like barely facing the basket when he released that thing and was heavily contested, but it didn't matter. Um, but I think the percentages are going to be incredibly important to monitor with him because uh, he's not going to create easy looks. Um, I would like to see them use him more in more actions. I kind of just got thrown the ball a lot and like that's, he can do it, but it's not really his game. Um, They ran a pick and pop from maybe once or twice, but again, more DHO operation stuff. He has ball skills to put the ball on the floor, but the shot was what impressed me the most. And I think that's probably the key to his upside. Yeah, and he had some okay passes yesterday. Like, I saw a lot of stuff getting clipped that was, like, quality, but also I think it was more just in the flow of the offense. Nothing really that that popped for me. Um, and I don't mean that was a bad thing. Like, the fact that he can be a quasi-big who is making passes that help in the flow of the offense is a good thing because there are guys who can't do that. Um, one of the questions I have for you, where are you at with this frame? I know this is, like, I don't, I don't want to get, like, crazy talking about biomechanical stuff already, but um, the first time I saw him – as a little man, I'm like, oh, that reminds me of looking at Jaron Jackson Jr. with the really high hips, kind of the bend over when he's uh, playing as the low man. Yeah, no, I mean, high hips, relatively thin, um, could definitely put on a little bit more muscle. I think it's going to be interesting. I am I want to ask you about his defense because uh, the lateral stuff popped to me. I think yeah. he looked pretty good. He had a really good switch, and the communication yeah. was awesome from him. Like, you could see how much he was he was working on there. Um yeah, I wanted again, to not point to out the, off, the lateral quickness was fantastic. Yeah, the lateral quickness popped for me. Um, I think he was basically comfortable switching out on anyone all night. Yeah. And obviously, it's Morehead State. I'm very excited to see him against like the SEC guards. And if he's still that willing to switch on to guys like Kennedy and Javon Quinterly and JD and Severe, and just like that's going to be fascinating. But I mean, I think he only got burned. I have my notes got burned like maybe once or twice. Um, the lateral stuff popped for me. I think I'm looking for more off the ball as like a low man. Yeah. And I'm not, and I'm not saying he was bad by any means. He was kind of just there. Um, And I think I want a little bit more consistent two way impact from him. He was very good to me. Uh, the lateral stuff was very impressive. I just think I'm looking for more as the low man and secondary rim protector. Yeah, no, I'm right there with you. That's how I felt about it. Like I felt the same with him as I did about Paolo yesterday. Like I think mm-hmm. there were opportunities where he really could have had an impact on a play and he was just staying home on his man. And I get it, but also like, dude, punch that thing. Like, come on, I want to see it so bad. Um, but no, I was so encouraged. Like there was a play that I clipped. Um, it just almost reminded me of like, again, not not a comp, but just in terms of like intensity watching Scotty Barnes, like he just stripped the guy on on the on I think it was the right wing or closest yeah. to uh, closest to the camera, um, and he just got so fucking fired up, man! It was awesome. Like I love seeing that stuff. Like I cannot wait to watch him this entire year, and I also can't wait for Alan Flanning to get to get back because those two guys together is just like competition at, at at the max, and I love that. But no, yeah, I'm I'm right there with you. The first set, the first time that he hit one of those just contested uh, face up jumpers, I was like, all right, cool, I'm in. Like let's go. I want to watch more. Um, he was, yeah, extremely encouraging, man. Uh, so I'm very excited moving forward. And he's in an interesting context. And I said I liked both those guards, and I do. Um, I think they're really fun to watch. Wendell Green is incredibly he was good. and so good yesterday. Yeah. Wendell Green was really good in high school, under-recruited, uh, went to like a mid-major, killed, and is now playing the SEC. Um, and then KD's fun. Uh, KD Johnson from Georgia. 
I don't know how advantageous they are for Jabari's development. Uh, They're two ball dominant guys who are taking the vast majority of their shots. And Flanagan is a scorer. Um, He's a little bit more of an all ball scorer, but once he comes back, it's one more cook in the kitchen. Um, So I'm very excited to see how Bruce kind of manages this. Uh, It's not really his MO, I guess, to cater towards NBA prospects since he's not, hasn't really had them. Shreve Cooper is a different story because when you have Shreve Cooper, you're going to give him the damn ball and get out of the way. But I'm trying to think about when like Okoro was there. Okoro was kind of just like doing Okoro things. Um, Mm -hmm. But Okoro and Jabari's, way of making impact is very different uh, you're going to want to post up you want to f- like get Jabari in the mid post and I think he had one of them and he kind of yeah. settled for like a tough one leg Dirk fade away which I was like okay like it's fine yeah. um but I, I want to see him maybe some DHOs or just some something that gets him moving uh moving before he catches it or even moving on the catch because he can shoot with some versatility um I'm just getting I would get a little nervous if his initiation reps or the ways he got into his individual offense came from solely pick and pops that are going to like, maybe they won't run that often. And then like just entry passes uh, where like the defense is set and he's going to have to like make something out of it, which is more than likely going to be contested mid range, which is fine. I think it alludes to his shooting upside, but I kind of want to see him get a little bit more creative with him. Yeah, no, I'm right there with you. Like you mentioned, I think the only real like, post opportunity he got was coming off of a ghost screen and he just got the ball. Um, and I liked it too. Like he had really good explosiveness out of the cut. Um, but, and the low man came over. So he just went like, I understood why I went into the fadeaway, but also like, again, like you mentioned, I want to see more of it because I want to see what he can do with it. Um, we'll see on that. Uh, last guy I want to hit that before we move on. Oh, to yeah, go ahead. But can I ask you one more question before we move yeah, on for to sure. the last guy? What do you think his stuff around the rim is going to look like in terms of like how efficient he is and most importantly, like how he gets there? That's a good question. I would, like you mentioned too, I want to see them use him off the ball more because he's quick for a guy his size too. Um, Like he was in the dunker spot a little bit last night, but nothing Mm -hmm. really happened. Um, I don't really know a whole ton about him as a jumper or leaper, especially because we didn't see it on the defensive end. Um, but that's one of the things I'd want to be interested in. Okay, can you play in the dunker spot? Uh, can you be used more in like maybe you're you're set like okay set flare screens do things like um, to get opportunities like okay if uh, I'm trying to think of who's like uh, Wendell Green was a really good shooter so like let's say you set a flare screen for Wendell they sell it hard for him can you pump and go off of off of a drive there like things that get him open and just get him opportunities to go downhill like you're mentioning. Um, but, yeah, no, ab- absolutely. The thing that the thing that scares, like, not to, I don't want to say scares me, but like, you just have less avenues to kind of make things work. Is Paolo gets the ball in the mid post? He can jab, he can face up, he can get to maybe a little wonderful step back. His little dream shake that he threw out last night. But if all else fails, like, and he wants to get to the rim, he's going to drop his shoulder and move you. He's going to get to the basket. I'm interested to see what Jabari's like rip one dribble game looks like. Yeah. I know what the one dribble pull up looks like. I know what the jab pull up looks like or jab jumper looks like they look great both of them look great i'm sold i don't really need to see anymore unless the percentages are absolutely abysmal like that that was his thing as a coming in as a prior and looked pretty damn good yesterday obviously i'm not judging it based off two shots but like i think we know at that point one if you can't do that then the whole thing kind of falls apart so like i'm kind of looking to the next step anyways and which is 
the way you brought it up and like the frame, it's a little bit upright. The hips are high. And we saw what that happened did to a guy like Evan Mobley uh, who has high hips when he attack, goes to attack kind of get you're more prone to getting bumped off your spot and Shabari is not seven feet tall with an endless wingspan like Evan Mobley is I think he's t- he's tall and he has a long wingspan but I'm just very interested to kind of see how he deals with these problems I want to see him problem solve a little more he's basically yeah. looking at on both ends and like I think he had a good first game he was productive in 20 minutes but I want to see him get tested a little bit more I don't think he was really tested much on either end other than the perimeter stuff, which we already covered, which was great. Yeah, no, definitely, man. I think it's a lot of uh, kind of like uh, the mystery box in, in call in, in world at war, man. Like when you're playing zombies, like, all right, I got, I got a dope gun first off. Like, but what else can we get from this movie for? That was the worst analogy of all time. Get used to it, Jake. I'm really bad at analogies. <laughs> um, last guy that I want to hit um, again, like one of the more fringier under the radar guys, um, not even necessarily under the radar, but more of a second round prospect guy who's going to try and lock in. Uh, EJ Liddell from Ohio State had a really good game yesterday. Again, noted against Akron, but there were some improvements that really uh, jumped for me. He took more jumpers. The face-up game looked really good for him. Like We knew he was already good as a post-up player coming in, but he just looked a little bit more mobile, was notably thinned out a little bit more, um, seemed better in space. Uh, unfortunately, fell out of the game. Uh, I think like half the fouls to me were just kind of really touchy take fouls in my opinion, or not take fouls, but like really just touchy physicality fouls that with the NBA rules right now, I don't think he's getting called for in the NBA. Um, But I just was encouraged by his game. Like the passing looked really good. Um, He did some stuff off the short roll. Like he just did what, and especially with hitting his shots yesterday too. What's important for me with him is just like his mold as a player is a bench guy who can do everything and defend in space. And the defending in space part is the biggest thing for him because that wasn't fully there for him last year. And probably a big reason for why his draft grades were like, okay, you should go back to school for a year. Um, and Malachi Branham had a really good game too. He did not start, but he ended up closing. I think he played the entire um, last like five to 10 minutes and uh, played in overtime too and hit the game winning shot. So, uh, or no, he had the game winning pass to, to, um, I think I'm trying to. I think it's Zeb Key. They're starting Zeb center, Key. but yeah, yeah, it was Zeb Key. Um, but no, that so I was I was really encouraged from from Liddell. It was cool to see Brandon have that impact already too. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, you texted me you're like, "Yo, EJ Liddell's <laughs> yeah. looking really good," and I'm like, "Is it really good as a college guy or as an NBA guy?" Because yeah. two different things. And typically, um, he's just been one of those tweener guys who's always been super productive, though. Uh, so I'm definitely keeping tabs on him. Yeah, for sure. Uh, well, Jake, unless you have anything else you want to get get in on here, I think that just about wraps up for us, man. I mean, I think I have to thank relative to the Champions Classic and the only other two guys I've seen so far, Pat Baldwin and uh, Jabari. I'm hoping Insac can get uh, the Michigan game up later tonight so I can watch that for you. I would bit, like to watch Caleb play as well. Yes. I've been box score tracking Caleb and yeah. looks like he's playing pretty well. Um, so we'll see and go from there. Yeah, our buddy Rob Flom hit us up in uh, in the DMs and said that uh, I did Caleb see Houston that. I did Chef's see that. Kiss. And I was like, oh, I want to watch him play so bad. But uh, I know the score is close <laughs> against Buffalo right now. Buffalo is normally pretty good, though, so I'm not worried about it. But they're good. Buffalo is good. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, I appreciate you, man. This was great. To everyone listening, thank you for listening. You guys have been awesome so far. If you have not already, please be sure to go follow us over at Tag the Roll. Uh, follow Jake at Jake in the Paint and me at M Schindler NBA. Be sure to drop a rating and review for us over on Apple Podcasts as well. We appreciate those who have already. Thank you again, and thank you for listening. Have a good rest of your day. One. 
two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. <laughs> AutoTrader.